The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Early Edge and our weekly, this time week 11. Can you believe it? Make a preview in the National Football League. This is where we try to get ahead of the numbers. We try to set the tone, set the stage for the entire week in the NFL. We have primetime shows every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday, but it's right here that we really get started. Four teams on a bye this week, the Dolphins, Seahawks, Bucks, and the Jags. Of course, the Seahawks and the Bucks choosing to have the bye week after they come back from Germany. But, you know, on this show, I bring in my absolute very best. And this week, finally, for the first time in a few weeks, all three are available. So look who we have. First and foremost, he runs the NFL at Sportsline. He is the stoic one, R.J. White. R.J., you're already getting props in the chat. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. They're talking about they like me better when I'm annoyed. Well, my (laughs) Bills have lost a couple games in a row, so I don't know how much more annoyed you want me on a Tuesday. (laughs) I, I'm taking from your tone that you are at a fever pitch. That's just the way we like it. Now, knock, now, knock the ball down. I know it's a great catch, but knock the ball down, man. What are you doing? Right, right. We'll talk all about it. Oh, if you don't follow him on social media, I tell you all the time, he's a savage. Make that a follow. Now, next, live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level. M squared, I've decided that for the rest of the year, whatever you pick in primetime games, I am blindly following. I have learned my lesson. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Coach Larry, RJ. Great to see you guys. You know, most important hour of the week here. Got three plays that I love. A little overlap with the guys here. Never a bad thing. Let's do it. Let's do it. And finally, he is our OG of OGs. He loves the NFL more than anything else. He is the maestro, Larry Hartstein. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Coach. Uh, We could talk for an hour about officiating and what rules need to be changed and what things should be reviewable, but we we got week 11. Let's go. Let's dive in. Let's go. All right, we start. And for those of you brand new to this show, we break down every single game on the board all the way through Monday night. We give you a few best bets, but also really get you to understand lines that could be moving, totals that could be moving, things you need to make now or potentially Wait, so let's jump right into it. Thursday night football, Titans and the Packers. Packers are laying the three. They're now four and six after that incredible comeback down 14. The Cowboys, first time ever. They've been up by 14 going to the fourth quarter and blow that lead. It's like 149 and zero. Crazy. But the Packers got it done. Titans coming off a little bit of a, of a rough stretch for them without Ryan Tannehill, and now he's back. But total sitting at 41 and a half. Mikey, this is one of your best bets. So let's start with you. 
Yeah, one of my best bets here. Look, I backed the Packers last week. I'm going to do it again here. Uh, I think they're a different team when they get to play at home. It's one of the biggest home field advantages in the NFL. Now you get that home field advantage on a short week here against a team that's mostly one-dimensional. Yes, Ryan Tannehill is back. Hit Westbrook Akina in a few spots, but the team doesn't really have a respectable passing game, in my opinion, especially when they're playing on the road in this kind of environment with the weather conditions at Green Bay. Uh, look, I make this number five. I think it should be closing four and a half. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see where the market moves it if we see three and a halfs. I don't think it goes to two and a half personally. I think it goes the other way. Um, but I, I like Green Bay in the spot. I, Watson looked great. Lazard wasn't super involved yet. However, I think he will be involved in this particular game. That was a much needed game for the Green Bay Packers last week. And I think they parlay it into another win here and they cover the spread against the Titans. RJ, Mikey just took my transition over to you. He is spot on. I really feel like that last quarter and the way that Aaron Rodgers found his new favorite target, not once, not twice, but three times for long touchdowns, that could really catapult them and give them great confidence heading into this game, potentially to get the five and six. Maybe he could have had another one too. I mean, there was that, that, that he looked up the wrong way and, and Greg Olson did a good job of breaking down what you're supposed to do in that situation. But to me, the look ahead was Green Bay minus one in this game. But I guess since they had that comeback and they won, everything's fixed now. And then we're, we're steaming up towards the three and a half. If he gets the three and a half, I think I'm going to like Tennessee. I'm worried about their injuries on defense, obviously. But this Green Bay offense, I don't think they were there. You know, we're locking them in as proven after just that that one, you know, shining moment for them. Green Bay's success against Dallas was fed from the run game, actually, and the Tennessee defense is third in rush yards per game. Tannehill didn't look 100% in that game, but his stats were pretty good. Um, in a tough matchup, it's about as tough a matchup as you can have against that Denver defense. Green Bay's defense, 27th in rush yards per play. Feels like this is a bounce-back spot for Derrick Henry. So I think it's going to get to three and a half, and at that point, I like Tennessee. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. This is the Week 11 Mega Preview presented, as always, by our friends at Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. In the chat, Erica says, Coach, we didn't get a 4 p.m. show today. Well, Erica, you didn't watch it because I did it, and I know because I was there. Go ahead and check it in your feed. We got more best bets. A little match in there for you, a couple of Thursday night football picks as well. But don't worry, Erica. We got you. We got you. Now, let's pivot. 1 o'clock games on Sunday. The Bears, another debilitating loss, missing an extra point, then allowing the Lions to come down and score, and they kick the extra point. But despite all that, we cashed again with Mr. Justin Fields, north of 140 again. He was spectacular. Now, the Bills, they're next, but the Falcons are a team. So I had bills on my mind, RJ. My apologies. So the Falcons, the Falcons are laying three at home. The total is 50. And Maestro, I'm going to let you start this one because the Bears are a very, very scary team to bet on for obvious reasons. But they've been scoring a lot. So maybe the total is what we should be looking at in this game. Yeah, the total's on the rise already, justifiably. So I believe the Bears are the first team in history to score at least 29 in three straight weeks and lose every time. I mean, they've been scoring a ton. Justin Fields is unstoppable now that they're using him uh, as a runner as well. But on the other side, I don't think the Bears can stop anyone when they gave away Rokon Smith and Robert Quinn. Their defense is pathetic. Uh, the Falcons are going to run. I mean, Patterson is going to have a monster game. He should have. He should be really healthy. You know, 10 days to rest for this one. Yeah, the only way I could look is over. I uh, couldn't lay points with the Falcons. And, uh, yeah, and with how bad the Bears' defense is, I don't want to take the three either. No, that's really hard. And, and, RJ, though, when you look at the the standings, Tampa Bay at 5-5, five and five, the Falcons – 
miraculously are just one game back, so they still have some motivation, but you still got to play the game. How are you uh, looking at this game? They're one game back, but they were in the lead a few weeks back, and, and it kind of feels like to them, I'm sure, the season's slipping away and that they, they were playing over their heads for a while, and now it's probably regressing to where we thought they were going to be. Chicago's offense going to have success in late Atlanta defense. They can't defend the pass. They can't get sacks. They're much like the Chicago defense, who isn't stopping anyone right now, like Larry was saying. Uh, Atlanta offense did come off a bad day. I thought they played better against Carolina last week. Didn't happen. They don't have a strong home field advantage. Um, I don't think they're clearly better than Chicago. Either. I think most people would have these teams even um, and, and maybe even have the Bears ahead because his line is trending under the three. Um, I would get it before it gets off the three because I think I want to have Chicago plus three in this game, but there should be a ton of points. So so maybe if you want to look the over even at 50, I mean, you should be playing Bears overs all the time at this point. And we know it's on a fast track down there in Atlanta on that AstroTurf. Carol says, I love you, RJ. Isn't that nice? Oh, we <laughs> got a nice. smile. Yeah, we got a smile from the stoic one. I love it. Carol you worked magic right there. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, game number two on Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And I, I don't know if I'm going to allow RJ to speak on this game. Maybe because last week, if you missed it, it was the game of the year, certainly. But if you're a Bills fan, how debilitating was that? The Bills are giving 8.5 this week against the Browns. Total 43.5. The Bills fall to 6-3 and three and now one game back of the Chiefs for that number one seed. But they've got other teams within their division. So, Mikey, let me come to you. Browns 3-6, and six, probably not going to make the playoffs. This is all about the Bills, the number, and how they've played lately. What do you say? Yeah, this one's interesting here. Uh, so I make the number 10 uh, in this game. Little, little bit of value on the Buffalo side. A uh, little concern with Josh Allen's health and just the health of the team overall. Uh, I would expect them to come out highly motivated after what has happened to them the last few games here. Um, there's a lot going on in this game. There's a lot of weather expected, almost two feet of snow potentially um, in the area. Obviously, there will not be two feet of snow on the football field while they are playing the game. But there is a weather impact in this one. Uh, the total has plummeted for good reason. Um, I lean towards the under still. I think the number should be 10. But considering Josh Allen's status right now, uh, it's a stay away game for me. Uh, I'll look for potential in-game opportunities. Uh, it's very obvious with some of his interceptions in the red zone, things like that, that he's pressing a little bit potentially because he's not fully healthy. Um, I, I can't get to anything in it, but my leans would still be bills and under. Maestro, that was one of the things I was looking at is, is the mistakes and the multiple interceptions. And, uh, you know, here on the show, we love to get AB the quarterback whisperer on different quarterbacks that are struggling but this is a team that used to be an over team. They're no longer an over team. What do you think this team is? Well, I think they're still very legitimate, but I would look at the Browns here. I mean, with the weather sets up for what they want to do, they want to pound the ball. They want to run the ball. I mean, the total's coming down. The spread is coming down. The money's coming in on the Browns. It's the only way to look. If you ask me, I, I don't trust the bills right now to cover and, and the weather just doesn't suit them as well as it suits Cleveland. I've got to get RJ's take on this game. I just have to. I wasn't going to, but I have to. RJ, and we all know you're a Bills fan, obviously. We talk about it all the time. But you're also a very objective NFL fan. How debilitating was that loss last Sunday to the Vikings at home? 
I'm usually pretty pessimistic when it comes to the Bills. I know people were rating them as like the best team ever a few weeks ago in their power ratings, the way those lines were. I was like, these lines were inflated. We're starting to treat them like the Chiefs, and now they've dropped a few games, so I guess that's not going to happen anymore. The attention last week is all on Josh Allen's mistakes, ugly interceptions, just bad decision-making. What happened to the Bills' defense against Minnesota? This is supposed to be an elite defense. Even with their injuries, they've been shutting people down. They haven't allowed more than 21 points in a game all year despite playing all these great offenses, and now they're just giving up 30 to Minnesota. I mean, they they would have one hand if not for that incredible Jefferson catch on fourth and 18, knock the ball down. I don't know what you're doing. Try to intercept that ball. Um, but in this matchup, Miami game shows that Cleveland can't fall behind or their strong blowout potential for them because they're not a team that can rally back. But the key is the weather. If, if it is trending, like Mikey's saying, major snow game here, that favors the Cleveland run game and that favors not getting blown out. So I do think Cleveland is the way to look. Okay, real quick, because uh, you know my man Mikey is great with the same game parlays. Jeffrey's asking, what if you tease the Browns and the under together because of this weather would you like that um not not typically I, I don't hate it but it's not a you're not typically wanting to tease numbers like this um in this one particular spot uh, i don't mind it but i would do it sooner than later just because you're gonna lose you've already lost a lot of value on both sides of those uh but not something that would typically come into play here for me all right, fair enough. Thank you for the question there, Jeffrey. Now, let's switch gears to game number three on Sunday at 1 o'clock. And don't look now, guys, but all four teams in the AFC East are above 500. Miami is the first-place team, half game ahead of the Jets and Buffalo, both at 6-3, and three, and New England very quietly now at 5-4. and four. So this week's two of those teams play each other. The Jets on the road in New England take on the Patriots, minus three, total 38.5. Mikey, I'm coming to you because you talked at the top of the show about overlapping picks, and you guys never talked before the show. So I love it when two great minds think alike. Start us off on this game. Yeah, can you re revisit where is this game located is the question I have because this line is priced as if the game is a road game for the Patriots. Uh, I make this number all the way up to minus six, by far the biggest edge of the week in the NFL. Uh, look, the Patriots' defense, absolutely legit. Now they get to play at home. I don't trust this Jets offense at all. This is a matchup where they could really have used Brees Hall. Not going to happen for him here in this spot. Um, I, I don't understand this line unless there's something drastic we're missing in terms of an injury. Uh, and I've quadruple checked everything. I, I don't see anything here. Um, Jets just getting far too much respect from the success that they've had uh, against the spread so far this season. And uh, I, I love the Patriots minus three here. And RJ, maybe that's exactly what Mikey's talking about. Maybe they're looking at it and they're saying, well, there's other teams that are supposed to be pretty good that aren't. Maybe there's teams that aren't that really are. And maybe this is a spot that we can hammer. What say you? Yeah, the Jets, I mean, it all comes down to the Jets beating the Bills. That's the only thing that's changed. And, and, and that's why teams, they're, they're getting overrated, I think, by the market and, and a huge adjustment by the market here. Uh, you talk about where is this game, you know, being played because of this line. This line was minus three at the Jets a few weeks ago. And the Patriots dominated them on the road, thanks to bad Zach Wilson picks. And did he get better in the last few weeks? Um, you know, I know they beat the, the the Bills, but it's not like he threw it all over the Bills and was great offensively in that game. And the Patriots offense isn't good either, so the urge is to take the points at three with this low scoring game, low scoring total here. But New England has the coaching edge, especially with two weeks to prepare. I trust them a lot more than the, the Robert Sala coaching staff there. So I think the Jets are getting way too much credit for the for the Bills when I'm on Mikey's side. I don't know if I go all the way to six with this New England offense, but that's got to be the side. So I've made New England minus three a best bet too, because I think it's got to go up. And just for the record, the game is in Foxborough. Mikey was just making a joke. 
Don't tweet at us on Sunday. But you said, no, we didn't. It was a joke. J-O-K-E. All right, next game on the board. And this is an interesting one because several of us cashed with the Giants last week, laying that weird number of five. This week, they're a favorite again, minus three, total of 46. Maestro, I'm starting with you. The Lions last week, at one point in the fourth quarter, were plus 1,600 on the money line. And they came back to win because the Bears couldn't make an extra point and stopped them after their go-ahead touchdown. But this week, the Lions, you like them in this spot with this number, yes? Yeah, I do. And, you know, I, I didn't think Jared Goff would play well in the cold, uh, but he did. And he has his number one target back, and that makes all the difference for him. And I just, the Giants, you know, they covered. I was on them, but it was more about how bad the Texans were. The Texans had the ball at the Giants 20 or inside like four or five times at the end of the game, and they just could not, you know, get in the end zone and get the cover. Uh, you look at something that happened that didn't get a lot of attention. Two weeks ago, the Lions fired their defensive backs coach, Aubrey Pleasant, after the Dolphins game because they were sick. You know, Dan Campbell said, we were supposed to be jamming these guys at the line, and nobody was jamming them at the line, and it was a track meet. They basically were not following the instructions. He fired the coach midseason. Actually, the Packers just hired him. The last two games, what happened? They picked off Aaron Rodgers three times. Then they pick off Justin Fields with the pick six, Jeffrey Okuda. That changed the entire game. You know, it was a gut punch to me because I had the Bears. But this Lions secondary is playing better. And Dan Campbell made a huge move, a gutsy move, because this guy was very well liked. But it has turned things around. I just think the Giants, we know that they've overachieved. Seven and two straight up. Seven and two against the spread along with the Titans, um, I think it'll be a tight game down to the wire. So I'll take the points. I wish I had gotten it right away because it was three and a half. Yeah, that, that half point we talk about all the time, three, seven, and ten are the important numbers to look at. And you want to have to, you don't want to have to spend money on that half point that you don't need to spend. RJ, last week, Maestro just hit it perfectly. I thought every time they kept driving, well, this is the one. We're going to get the backdoor cover. And they just couldn't convert. But it wasn't like the Giants were stopping them from the 20 to the 20. The Lions have a legit offense. They really, really do. Do you agree with the maestro? Well, that's been the Giants' MO all year. They've had bad statistical numbers, but they're great on third down. They're great once you get down in that danger zone. They're not giving up a lot of points, even though that uh, their, their stats would say that they're not as good a defense as what the scoreboard is saying. So I think that's kind of predictive at this point and indicative of what we, we expect from the Giants. Detroit won two straight. It feels fortunate with those red zone picks for Green Bay. Um, you know, maybe that comes down to changing defensive backs coaches. The, the Chicago pick six, that was all the worst throw in the world. It doesn't matter who the defensive backs coach is there. It's a, a walk-in pick six there. So. So, I mean, I could have made a pick six on that play, and I'm, I haven't played football in 20 years. So the Giants offense doesn't throw picks, though. Daniel Jones has two all year, and I think they might they could have won by more in the Houston game. The D was shaking the second half, like you guys are saying. Um, Detroit's offense is 19th on third down, so the, the Giants defense that steps up on third down, I think they can make a difference here. Giants offense can run the ball versus Detroit D, not make mistakes, win this game by at least three. Market looks like it wants to push Larry's way and get to two and a half. So I'm waiting to put this in because I think I might get two and a half later in the week. And don't look now, but very quietly, the Giants are now one game back of the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Seven and two, the New York football Giants. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, speaking of those Eagles, last night, eye-opening if you're an Eagles fan. Alarming if you're an Eagles fan. Encouraging if you're a Commanders fan. But the Eagles now coming off their first loss of the year. They go on the road to take on the Fighting Jeff Saturdays and the Colts who got it done on the road in Las Vegas in one of the more emotional wins you will see the entire year. Six and a half against the number, total 45. Mikey, let me come to you. These are two teams that had two completely different weeks. Which one has the emotional advantage this week? Uh, I guess the emotional advantage is going to go to Indy, just considering where the game's being played. And after that win, uh, especially Matt Ryan kind of rallying the team there a little bit. Uh, as far as the number goes on it, I hate to say it, but I think it's actually right where it is uh, at this point. I make Eagles just closer to seven uh, in this spot. Look, they've lost Dallas Goddard. I personally am concerned that they have some issues with A.J. Brown. We're going to see later in the week what kind of what that looks like. I know he came back and continued to play in that game. Uh, was not encouraged at all watching him limp off the field very early in the first quarter of that game. Um, yeah, it, it's a tough spot, though. They've also had some issues controlling the run at times. Jonathan Taylor is one heck of a back. They're going to give him as many touches as he can handle. If they're able to bust off four yards of carry or more, uh, like Washington did at times in that game, I, I'm very, very concerned with the Eagles uh, in terms of time of possession. I'm concerned that the uh, Colts can really – equal or even win the time of possession battle in this game. So they're going to have to be efficient. The Eagles are offensively. Um, I, I make the number seven. I'm not playing it at this point. I would have to get this thing all the way down to five to feel comfortable playing it. Um, but I, I do have, like I said, the game at seven, not something I'm going to play this week, though. I'm so glad you brought up time of possession. At one point Monday night, they showed a graphic, and Washington had over 20 minutes, and the Eagles had five. 20 and five in the first half. And if Jeff Saturday maestro does what he did last week, it was very clear. He was like, if I'm going down, I'm going down with my veteran quarterback, Matt Ryan and my all everything back. Jonathan Taylor ripped off a long run and went over a hundred yards. That's gotta be the same game plan this week. No. Oh, for sure. Without Jordan Davis, you know, the Eagles have been very susceptible. The Texans ran it right up the gut. We saw the commanders do it. And that's the that's the formula. And I think with Jonathan Gannon, the way he plays defense, these guys sit back in that soft zone. They make you matriculate it down the field. Well, the Colts now have a quarterback, even though I know RJ believes that he'll be under a tremendous amount of pressure. But they have a quarterback who can make the decision, find the quick out find the the open man I mean I don't love the eagle I don't love the Colts anymore now that it's fallen. I mean this was 10 this was double digits and now we're looking at under a touchdown but if this got back to seven seven and a half I might be tempted with the Colts just because we know Dallas Goddard's out is AJ Brown healthy short week for the Eagles okay 
Very, very good. And they're going to be keeping their eye on the rest of the division because they are right on their heels going to the next 1 o'clock game on Sunday. And, RJ, I'm coming to you. The Commanders last night showed that they are a good football team. Before last night, the last five games have been decided by five points or less. Now, the Commanders at 5-5, five and five, very much alive in the playoff race. But you cannot go to Houston when you're favored by three, total at 40-and-a-half, and lay an egg. What do they do to keep this momentum going? It's a good question. I think they lay an egg here. I mean, they're on a short week. And they should not be favored on the road against anyone on a short week. This is still the Washington Commanders. This is a come down spot after taking down Philly. They're, they're going to be inflated. Um, anyway, Houston's offense actually looked good on the road against the Giants in the second half, 6.5 yards per play in that game overall. And that second half you guys were talking about. So maybe Houston's better now that the, you know, Brandon Cooks has to, to play. He's not, doesn't get a choice to get traded anymore. Um, Washington's defense, I'm worried about. They could carry the day with Chase Young back. But I don't trust their offense at all. I don't care what they did against Philly. They were, you talk about um, Philly issues, running rush defense with Jordan Davis. Had. Washington still only had 3.1 yards for per rush in that game. It's not like they ran it well. They just ran it a lot and, and piled up the rush yards. That really came down to Philly, you know, failing on third down over and over and over again. Um, I don't know that Washington, they haven't been a good third down team on offense all year up until that game. I don't know that they can keep doing that. So I love playing Houston here when getting more than three points. I think this is trending toward getting up over the three. And at that point, I probably, I said, it. I'm sure at some point in the season, I'm never playing Houston again this season, <laughs> but if I can get three and a half against the commanders, um, commanders going on the road, I'm going to do that. And clearly chief did not agree with your take right there. We always know when he pops up. He disagrees. Now, Mike, I'm coming to you. And the Texans last week, between the 20s, could move the ball. They just kept moving the ball. And then they either threw an interception, they turned the ball over or something, but they couldn't punch the ball in at the end to cover. But back home, do you think that changes? Uh, look, I, I don't want to bet this game. I have a little bit of an edge on Washington. I've given them a little bit of an upgrade, but uh, I, I don't trust the Texans team at all. Um, and I, I don't feel comfortable laying it with this Washington team on the road in this particular spot. It, it is definitely a potential letdown spot after the huge win. Um, Heineke's been great. I'm glad that he he gets to continue to play. It's miraculous what he's able to do as a starting quarterback in there. But look, I, I think this team's going to improve again. Having Jahan Dotson back in that receiving core, I think is going to make a pretty big difference. It looks like Antonio Gibson is fine. He had a little injury scare. Um, having all the weapons healthy, I have to lean towards Washington. It's just not a team that I really want to be laying points with on the road, uh, in this particular spot. So it's a stay away from me, but if I had to play it, it, it would be with Washington. I got to say, I'm a, I'm a really big Taylor Heineke fan. He gets $524,000 with every start now that's ended in his contract. So good for him. Maestro go. Yeah, I just want to jump in because this is the ultimate spot to back the Texans. I, I agree with RJ. It, you know, if it gets to three and a half, I probably will not be able to stay off because not only are you talking about a second straight road game on a short week and the letdown after knocking off the Eagles, but that was a very emotional week for the commanders. You, we know that Ron Rivera's mom passed away. He went off to the funeral and he came back midweek and everyone rallied around him. They played the game of their lives. They played an amazing game last night. And now you go into a sleepy spot where Davis Mills is fighting for his job. He needs to play well, and he has played well at home. So, uh, yeah, if this gets over the three, I'm going to be tempted as well. There is nothing harder than playing on the road in the NFL or in the NBA. There are no fans for you, period. 
End of story. All right, next game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Total 43 and a half. And I, I'll be honest with you guys, I cannot believe this number. RJ, I'm starting with you. The Ravens coming off a of bye week, laying 12 against a Panthers team that you take out the Cincinnati Bengals game. They've looked really good covering the spread and winning some ball games. So, RJ, how is this thing 12? I think you're going to say you didn't believe it. You thought it was too low. It should be higher. It's 12 because Baker Mayfield's back for Carolina, and the offense was terrible with him before. And that being said, he is an upgrade on P.J. Walker. I know they looked pretty good at times with P.J. Walker, but but Baker's a better quarterback. But it didn't matter earlier in the year, and he had a Christian McCaffrey at that point. He doesn't anymore. The Baltimore defense looked awful early in the year, but they have improved. They added Oracle and Smith before the trade deadline. But heading into the bye, they were playing really well. And the Baltimore offense struggled to gain yards in two of their last three. Health of the key player is going to be critical here. Mark Andrews expected to be back. We'll monitor him throughout the week. And uh, Gus Edwards might be back. And if that offense, you know, Lamar might not even need those guys to cover 12 against his Panthers team. I think the spread's fair. I think Baltimore, if they want to, they can probably cover. Um, I'm just going to fade Carolina scoring however I need, I need to. So I'm probably leaning under 43 and a half in this game under the Carolina team total at, I believe it's 15 and a half. Just fade the, the Panthers scoring any points in this game. Okay, fair enough. It's not crazy to say, though that because the NFC South is so bad this year, the Panthers are just two games out of first place. <laughs> just two games. But when I come to you, Maestro, the Baltimore Ravens are playing for something way more than that. They're 6-3. and three. They are very much alive, not only for the playoffs, but certainly if they can get on a run and other teams lose, they potentially could have that coveted number one seed down the road. It's a very, very big seven or eight weeks. But is this too big of a line to cover? I don't think so. I, I think they're going to pressure the heck out of Baker Mayfield. Their defense is healthy. They got a couple guys back for that game against the Saints. Uh, and I was down there in New Orleans, not at the game, but down the street at the book. And, and they just dominated the Saints. That defensive performance was very impressive because even though the Saints are not a great team, they do have a lot of weapons and the way they shut down Kamara. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is going to be a long, long day for the Panthers, uh, especially you know coming off a division win. And now you go to Baltimore, I think they're going to get blown out okay fair enough we tell you all the time here on this show and mikey's the best at it i'm the worst that you can't always take what's happened and carry it over sometimes it's a standalone it's all about matchups and this one is a bad matchup on paper for the carolina panthers all right moving to the last one o'clock game on sunday and mikey i'm starting with you the rams boy have they ever been in a worse way. They lose to Arizona 27-17 as three-point favorites. Then Cooper Cup is going to have surgery on a high ankle sprain. Who knows how long he's going to be out now. So they're traveling to the Big Easy. Speaking of New Orleans, the Saints are laying for the total 38 and a half. And if you look at New Orleans and where they sit right now, you're talking about a team that is also three and seven, yet they're a four-point favorite. <sighs> Mikey, over the defending Super Bowl champs. Explain that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about the injuries. Uh, Cooper Cup is a rare wide receiver that's worth a lot. And I would argue that he's probably worth the full field goal, uh, which is absolutely insane to say. Uh, but he probably is to this offense. They have literally nothing without him, uh, especially when you have quarterback issues as well. So the number is four. Uh, it, it looks like a ridiculous number. The computer will tell you it's mostly a ridiculous number. You could make it minus one and a half, I think, but I, I don't think you can make it four. 
However, if you ask me to play it, I would ignore my computer and I would probably lay the number with the Saints here. Uh, it's a game that becomes incredibly winnable for them now, fortunately, which is awesome for them. Uh, you know, again, they're playing in a terrible division. They're not totally out of anything really necessarily in that division with the number of games they have left. So it's an absolute gift of an opportunity for them that I think they have the ability to seize. I my bigger look would probably be Rams team total under or the under in the game, which is again, plummeting down to 38 and a half in this one. Um, I don't see how the Rams are going to have success throwing the football in this game. Uh, Van Jefferson has not been great since rejoining the team here um, coming off injury, not having Cooper cup out there. Like maybe we see some vintage Allen Robinson for a drive or two, but I'm not ready to believe in it. So it's a stay away right now because the computer won't let me play it at that big discrepancy. But again, if you made me, I would probably be forced to go on the Saints side. It kind of feels that way because Maestro with no Matthew Stafford last week and now Cooper Cup out. It's just it's one of those situations where what do they do? The other bet that we've loved with the Rams and a couple of teams this year is the under on longest completion because they have no wide receivers that can even get down the field. And this is a game that feels like that to me. Is there any angle you're looking at in this one? I mean, from what I'm hearing, it looks like Stafford has a very good chance to be back. And the Saints have to decide if they're going to go back to Jameis Winston. I mean, they're calling for Dennis Allen's firing. And based on his track record as a head coach, you know, not only in the Saints, but in his previous, he deserves to be fired. I mean, he's taken a team with some serious talent and, you know, got them, what, to three and seven. And they've been just been pathetic offensively. Uh, that performance in Pittsburgh was inexcusable as, you know, and it was embarrassing what they did at home against the Ravens. So, but as having said all that, the only way I could look is the Saints. That's how bad the Rams have been. Well, we talked about it on Sunday when I said, is there any way we can't play the Steelers? No, the Steelers are the play. And boy, they looked the part over the Saints on Sunday. Great analysis by the both of you. All right, those are all of the 1 o'clock games. For those of you watching on YouTube or listening on Apple or Spotify, this is our Week 11 NFL Mega Preview here at the Early Edge. Now, there are more games to get to. 4 o'clock, three of them, one at 4.05, two at 4.25. So, RJ, I'm coming back to you on this because the Raiders – well, when Twitter was doing that funny thing where all these people were pretending like they were somebody else, somebody pretended to be Adam Schefter. And they said that Josh McDaniels is fired. And then we found out it wasn't really Adam Schefter. Well, after losing to Indianapolis with the new head coach and all of these injuries, this might be the week, even though they had to pay him a lot of money. They're traveling to Denver. Denver's laying two and a half after losing last week. Total 41 and a half. What play can we make in this game? My question about the fake Schefter thing is, did anyone tell McDaniels it was a fake account? Because <laughs> he didn't show up and coach that game at all. It was, it was, I was on the pick six podcast. We talk about revenge games and I made Brinson put the Colts on the board as a money line play as a revenge spot uh, against Josh McDaniels for turning them down. Um, Cause I figured, you know, Jim Mercer was going to want to come in and get this win and have his head on his plate. And, and, and you figured it would happen after that game. But I think the problem with the, the Raiders are they're still paying Gruden all that money. 
I don't think they can go yeah. and pay McDaniels all that money and then get another coach. I think they just have to ride it out with him, even though Vegas is horrendous at this point. But this Denver offense can't be laying points against anybody. I know they're at home. I know two and a half looks juicy here, but I can't trust Denver to score points. They had the perfect setup to score points last week against a Tennessee defense that was missing half its players due to injury, and they couldn't do anything offensively uh, except for that one play to, to a guy nobody had ever heard of before I got a 66-yard touchdown, whatever it was. Um, Wilson completed 50% of his passes in that game. They had 4.3 yards per play of offense. They are just terrible offensively. Vegas ran for 212 yards against Denver in the first meeting. Uh, run game has been you know missing in action the last three weeks. I think they get back to it here. All Denver games are low scoring, so look to tease when the number makes sense. And plus two and a half is definitely a number that makes sense to tease. So I have the Raiders plus eight and a half. As bad as they've looked, it's the first part of my teaser. And I think RJ brings up a really good point, by the way. Jeffrey says, RJ's got jokes this week. He's got jokes every week. This is He's one of the funniest dudes that we know. Now, one of the things he brings up, which is a very, very good point, is the buyouts. And when I was at ESPN for 10 years, every coach that came in was on a buyout. And there are certain rules to that, but they get every dime. And when you owe $70 million to Gruden, and he's going to get it after it goes through court, you can't then, then pay $50 million to somebody else and then do another contract for another $50 million. At some point, you got to ride it out. So, Mikey, if they're going to ride it out, they got to start playing for this guy. Do you agree with RJ that this is a terrific teaser spot? I do. Yeah. I think this is a great teaser spot textbook here. You get in two and a half in a division game. That's competitive. You get this to eight and a half. It's a teaser leg for me as well. Uh, like a lot of what RJ said, this Denver team just doesn't score enough points. Uh, so getting this thing up to the two full possessions here, two scores, eight and a half, just super friendly numbers on the teaser. Try to get it now before it goes to two. We would still likely tease it at eight, but eight and a half is a heck of a lot better than eight uh, in this particular matchup. So Look, I, I think Vegas, they've got one more good effort in them uh, in terms of, you know, having the team and not totally losing everybody on the team, in my opinion. Uh, I like the spot for Devontae Adams individually. I, I think Josh Jacobs gets back on track just a little bit. And then on the Denver side, again, I just think they're going to struggle to score. Jerry Judy's going to miss this game. Uh, while he hasn't had an, a fantastic season. He still is a legitimate threat at all times. Not having him on the field definitely impacts Cortland Sutton's ability to work and just removes one more big play waiting to happen from Russell Wilson's arsenal. All things that we like to see uh, when we're wanting to tease this game. So let's play on the efficiency here. The friendly number eight and a half as the first leg of a teaser. And for those of you who are brand new to our show or brand new to NFL betting, the reason Mikey says get it at this number is you always want to have a teaser at a half a point because in a teaser, if it's say it's eight or even nine and it lands on that number, it's a loss. So you always want to have that half number that Mikey always educates you on that teasing is an art form. Listen to my guys. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.
It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. All right, that's the one four or five game. So then, RJ, you've got a best bet in this next game, and I'm very interested to hear your take because the Bengals are coming off a game where they absolutely laid the wood and just scored what Joe Mixon had five touchdowns, granted, against the Panthers. And the Steelers won by 10 last week against the Saints. They're at home getting five, total 41, and it's a late game, which means it's going to be dark by the start of the second quarter. What do you like in this one? I like the Steelers plus five. You know, I like the Browns against the the Bengals when they were catching points at home and they came through because they had two good pass rushers there. And Pittsburgh's defense looked, uh, you know, back to, to, you know, to where we thought they would be with TJ Watt healthy. I know Fitzpatrick missed that game. He's probably gonna miss this one too. Um, although, you know, it seems like reports now are saying maybe the appendectomy stuff isn't as bad as we thought, but they held New Orleans to 4.1 yards per play. You know, I just love fading the, the, the since the offensive line against good pass rushers, um, Pittsburgh's offense, not great, but since he's defense 29th in sack rate. Um, so maybe Pickett has time there and, and he can operate the offense a little better though dj reader might come back he's been out i think six weeks he's not just a run defender he's very good pass rusher too for that team so i'd be a little bit more hesitant if he comes in but the good pittsburgh hope field advantage here means the line should be only four for me and even if it was four i'd still lean pittsburgh at home in the divisional matchup even with the Bengals coming off the bye um so i know people are going to want to see what if jamar chase plays i would probably say he probably doesn't play here but just that pittsburgh pass rush makes me want to back them at plus five so that's why i have it as a best bet yeah, and Maestro, they've shown, too, it's very difficult to run on them. And I just said that Joe Mixon went bananas in their last game. Do you agree with RJ? I do. I, I do like the Steelers. I think coming out of the bye, uh, they figured some things out. TJ Watt makes it a huge difference. I could only look at taking the points in this one. All right, very good. Not a lot so far from the brand on that particular game. All right, the last 4 o'clock game. And this is interesting. Mike, I'm going to start with you because the Cowboys are laying one interesting in minnesota to take on a vikings team eight and one coming off the most emotional unbelievable unlikely win you will see in a long time in the nfl but yet they're an underdog at home the total sitting at 47 and a half and the cowboys have got to be coming in going what happened to us last week how are they a favorite this week yeah, so I I don't necessarily disagree. I make the game exactly a pick 'em, so there's not a lot, you know, value either way, I guess. And I, I won't say the line's terribly incorrect. Uh, the thing that I'll say about Minnesota is I think they're a little fraudulent still. I think they've been very fortunate to be where they are. Uh, obviously, they've made incredible plays and they've done it multiple times, which is great. Uh, not something we're still necessarily forecasting to continue happening. Uh, they caught a break with Josh Allen, definitely banged up before that game. They've caught a break numerous times, I believe three times at least so far this season, where they've faced an injured quarterback, backup quarterback, things like that. Uh, they, they've been incredibly fortunate to be where they are at this point. Um, there's no real big home field advantage in this particular spot. They get to play in a dome controlled environment, something that's very neutral and friendly for the Dallas Cowboys. I think that part is incredibly important. Uh, furthermore, CD lamb actually looked really good. Uh, seemed to be on the right page last week as well. So I, 
as crazy as it sounds that they're favored, um, it's the way I would lean in this game, despite not having any edge in the model. I just think that the Vikings uh, are a little propped up, obviously, with the win over the Bills, but just their body of work throughout the season. Uh, they've definitely, their record is much better than they actually have been. I think you are absolutely spot on. They are currently tied for the number one seed with the Philadelphia Eagles at eight and one. But Maestro, as we look at it, suddenly after that historic collapse for the Dallas Cowboys, they now find themselves third in their own division and two full games back of the Eagles. This feels like a must win for them. Yeah, and I like their chances because, you know, the Vikings come off, uh, you know, the game of the year, uh, thrilling win in Buffalo. Now they have to come home and face a team that might be just as good. They just put up 421 yards of offense, ran for over five yards of carry. I knew, I know they blew the game and Dak made a couple of horrific throws, but, you know, if they call pass interference on Jair Alexander, you know, it might be different. And, and he clearly grabbed CD lamb uh, in overtime. So I think the Cowboys will play well. I think they'll get a win. I think they'll be a little bit of regression for the Vikings, you know, who have lived a charm life. They probably should be six and three, maybe not eight and one. Uh, so yeah, it's a good, I think it's a good spot for the Cowboys. And that's going to be one of the featured games late afternoon at 425 p.m. Eastern uh, on Sunday. All right, then Sunday night football. And, Mikey, I'm coming to you because you have one of your best bets in this one. And the Chiefs seem to be a team that, although they're flawed and they're our favorite team, full transparency, but they're figuring out ways to get it done and win football games, even when it's not pretty. Last week in Jacksonville, they won by 10, wasn't pretty. Week before Titans. Overtime, not pretty, but they're winning games. The Chargers are doing just the opposite of that. They're hanging in, and at the end, they can't get it done like against the 49ers. So what particular way are you looking to attack this one? Yeah, I'm looking to tease this one down. It's not necessarily a textbook teaser spot typically. However, I'm going to tease it. It's going to bring them down to minus a half. They got to win by one to win this game for my teaser leg. Uh, I'm going to pair it with Vegas at eight and a half. Look, I think the Chiefs ultimately find a way to get the win here. I make them minus seven on the spread, essentially where it is right now. The Chargers are going to be more healthy for this game. At least it's trending that way. It looks like they might have some much-needed relief at the wide receiver positions. Uh, very scary as a Kansas City Chiefs fan. What was most encouraging, though, is how dominant they were against the Jaguars. Lost the turnover battle 3-0 and still won by double digits. I believe the only team in the NFL to win a game while losing the turnover battle 3-0 or more. Uh, and they still won that game by double digits injuries all over the place. Patrick Mahomes, it does not matter who he's throwing to. Uh, pretty easily the top quarterback in the NFL at this point. I think it's very, very clear. Uh, but I want to focus about Kadarius Tony a little bit too. Uh, he's an absolute elite weapon. If he can stay healthy and on the field, uh, he literally replaces Tyreek Hill in this offense as long as Travis Kelsey is healthy. Uh, I think this is a good spot for Kansas City personally. I think they're going to ultimately go in, take advantage of Buffalo slipping up just a little bit, grab another win, probably a classic one-possession game. They win by three or four. Uh, don't end up covering the number. We get the win on the teaser leg. Give me the Chiefs in a teaser. True story. I walked into Whole Foods this morning to get a little something for dinner tonight for me and the missus. And I walk up to the meat counter, and the guy looks at me and says, the rich just get richer. And I said, who are you talking to? He goes, I'm talking about Tony. You guys got Tony. And he's talking. he knows I'm a Chiefs fan, and he was irritated that we got another weapon to use. I said, hey. Hey, just smart upstairs, smart GM. But I'm telling you what, RJ, no matter how smart the GM is, no matter how great Patrick Mahomes is, 
they still need to be better if they want to be a Super Bowl winning team. How do you make this matchup for the Chiefs? Yeah, the last time the Chiefs beat the Chargers by seven, Phillip Rivers was the quarterback. These teams always play each other close, and it's just been hard for the Chiefs to run away from the Chargers. We saw it earlier this year. They won by three in a tough game that the Chargers suffered a lot of injuries in that game. Um, Kansas City went up 20 nothing on Jacksonville just before halftime, almost didn't get the cover. You talk about the turnovers. Jacksonville stole some possessions there. The Chargers might finally be healthier at receiver. You know, you know, cross our fingers. Keenan Allen will probably maybe play in a football game again at one time <laughs> in his life before he gets hurt. Um, Kansas City might be down Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, I know Tony's um, developing and he looks like he might be a star there eventually, but Juju has been the reliable guy. So if they don't have him, I'm worried there. The way you attack the Chargers, obviously, is the run game. You want to run the ball uh, up the middle and they just, you know, part the ways for you and let you get first downs left and right. But the Chiefs don't really do that. So, um, you know, they're, they're more focused on Mahomes. So will they get away from that? They've shown the ability in the past to run the ball when they need to. But running the ball, of course, you shorten the game, less possessions, and then you can keep it close. So I liked it. It's plus seven. I like the Chargers. Um, I figure it's a typical KC Chargers game like like. Mikey was saying, it stays within one score. At six and a half, I'm still leaning to the Chargers. You got to wonder. I know players never publicly talk about chasing after records, but Patrick Mahomes is on pace for the all-time yardage mark, too. Maestro, go. Good stat from our buddy Jeff Hockman. Teams, the week after playing the Niners, if they don't have a week of rest, 0-7 straight up, 0-6-1 against the spread. Of course, this applies to the Chargers, who were on the field for 70 plays against that bruising 49ers offense that just wants to run the ball down your throat. I think that's the implication, that it's a very physical game after you play the 49ers, just something to keep in mind. Then that makes those three runs at the end of the game even more infuriating that they didn't punch it in to win by more than seven or eight. Oh, that was so frustrating. All right, now. I'm looking at this last game on Monday Night Football, and one face that I'm staring at has got to explain himself. 49ers. Yeah, they won by six at home. They're laying eight in Arizona. Total 43 and a half. I saw all over social media, and I know that when I come to talk to these guys, I said, wait a second. Just because he played good doesn't mean he's going to play good against this. Kyler Murray didn't play last week, and Arizona went to L.A., and they were the much, much better team with Colt McCoy doing work at quarterback. But Maestro, I thought, sure, eight points, you'd be back in the Cardinals, but I would be wrong. Explain yourself. Yeah, it seems like a lot. I think it's going to get up closer. I think it could close very close to 10, regardless of who's the QB. I actually, I'm on the Niners, and I kind of hope that Kyler Murray plays because he won't be 100% on that hamstring. And Colt McCoy did run the offense very well. But the 49ers, you know, net yards per play, they're top two or three. The Cardinals, they're bottom two or three. And they also just cut the best running back they had, Eno Benjamin, and now they're not going to be able to run the ball at all against the Niners. This Niners defense is healthy. Like you said, Coach, they should have blown out the Chargers. They dominated that game. This offense has all the pieces available. I think this is the spot where they score like 35 points. I think it'll be like 35-17. Okay. The way RJ's attacking this, though, he won't need eight. You're only going to need three. Explain yourself. Second leg of my teaser, San Francisco minus two. Their offense fourth in pass yards for play. Now they have a dangerous two-headed running back attack because Eli Mitchell's back, and and all of a sudden they give him 18 carries and, and start putting McCaffrey on the bench for whatever reason. So I guess it's going to be a two-headed attack moving forward. San Francisco defense second in yards for play overall, first in rush yards per play by a mile. 
also third in sack rate. So whoever's back there for Arizona is going to be in trouble at quarterback. Arizona's offense last in pass yards per play. Offensive line has been banged up all year. Good luck in this matchup. Arizona's defense, I think, has to have another big game like versus uh, the Rams. But they to, to stay close in this game, but they don't do very much well just across the board statistically. I have this line at six and a half on a neutral. So I think it's a little inflated. I didn't want to lay the points with the 49ers, but tease them, get them through the three, and make them minus two along with Raiders plus eight and a half is my teaser. And something that slipped through my research cracks. I completely forgot. Thank you, Ninja13. This game is played in Mexico. 49ers and Cardinals in Mexico. I completely forgot. Thank you, chat. You're always picking us up. Everybody's together. Everybody's together. All right. That is every single game. It is now time for the Week 11 Mega Preview Recap. Brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, where we go through all of our best bets. So, Mikey, start us off, please. First bet, Thursday night football going Packers. Minus three at home. Love catching the Titans on a short week. Love that the game is outdoors. Green Bay has one of the biggest home field advantages in the NFL. We're looking at 21 degrees at kickoff, 15-mile-per-hour winds. It's going to be very cold, exactly what Aaron Rodgers wants. I think they parlay last week's win into another big win here. Second play, going Patriots, minus three. This line is priced as if the game were in New York. It is not. I love this spot. They have a huge edge defensively. They have a huge edge in terms of coaching staff. Love the rest that they're on at this point. They're going to cover the minus three. And then my teaser, Kansas City. We're going to bring them down to minus a half on the road against the Chargers with the Raiders plus eight and a half. This is the last opportunity for the Vegas Raiders in this spot, catching a beat-up Broncos team that can't score points. Give me this at plus eight and a half for my second leg. Love those three. RJ, go. They have the Patriots at minus three. This line was minus three at the Jets a few weeks back. They covered pretty easily. Not much has changed. Have the Jets upset the Bills? They're both coming out of a bye. I think that benefits Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I have the Steelers plus five. Defense finally got TJ Watt back and looked so much different last week. And now they're going up against a Bengals team that their offensive line struggles when facing elite pass rushers. So I think the Steelers make that one a game. I have a teaser. 49ers minus two in Mexico City against the Cardinals. I think that they're going to roll in that game, but I would make the line six and a half so I didn't want to play it on the eight wanted to tease it through the three and just if it's another ground and pound and play defense game that's a little lower scoring than we think we we have it at minus two instead of minus eight teasing it with the Raiders at plus eight and a half just Denver should not be laying points against anyone with that offense that's going to be another low scoring game love getting eight and a half points in a low scoring game like that Maestro I need 20 seconds or less go all right, the 49ers defense in front against the Cardinals O-line. That's the biggest mismatch on the board this weekend. The Patriots have intercepted Zach Wilson seven times in two and a half games. And the Lions have a better offense than the Texans. They will be able to get in the end zone a couple times and cover against the Giants. And that is our Week 11 Mega Preview presented by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. All right, you know we like to end every one of our specialty shows asking our Crew members, our cappers, our experts, what's the number one thing from this content that they're looking forward to this particular week? You can use it on Thursday. Use it on Sunday, but use the information. Keep it back here because you never know where you're going to need it. Mikey, start us off. Uh, yeah, it's Thursday night football for me. I want to see what the Packers can do coming off that big win. Uh, I like them in this spot. It'll be interesting to see if the market moves in my favor or not. I think we see three and a halves by kickoff. RJ. Looking forward to that Bills game. Let's see how much snow is in that game. It seems like we get one a year where the snow is just crazy and, and you can't even see the yardage markers on the field. you got to superimpose them. So it's going to be fun if that's this game. And if it is, I'll take Nick Chubb in those spots over basically any running back in the league. 
By the way, Reed says, I was able to get Bengals plus five and a half thanks to Early Edge and RJ on Sunday. If you don't watch our Sunday show, RJ gives a look ahead to a line that he really likes for the next week. And a lot of times it goes into our favor. You got to watch every single show, at least live or on demand. Maestro, talk to me. There's been so much excitement about what these 49ers offense can be with you're talking about Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. And I think this is finally the week that we see them erupt. Okay. Great, great analysis from three of the greatest NFL minds in America today. I see all of you in the chat. Thanking us for the great show. C-Red, awesome show, gents. Thanks. Well, we appreciate that. But we couldn't do it without all of you watching. So thank you for those of you who watch live and also those of you who watch the show on demand. As Mikey says, the most important hour of the entire week. So with all of that being said, <clears throat> there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew. Love them all. M Square, the Stoic One, RJ White, and the Maestro. And, of course, Jake the Snake doing an unbelievable job on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. Tell all your friends. It doesn't matter the sport, the day, the time, the length. We're here for you every single time at the early edge. Good luck. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.